Hey everyone, today is Monday, April 10th, 2023. Thank you guys for listening in here today. Um, on today's episode, we're going to talk about some current stuff going on in our world and kind of a encouragement um, to, to believers and to anyone as to how do we navigate these tumultuous, stormy, dark times in our world, in our lives. Um, I was talking to a coworker earlier about just how they had, had really been trying to just not even turn the news on just because it seems to be so depressing. And even today on April 10th, there was another mass shooting in another city and um, just, man, just seems like the world just keeps on going into uh, the direction that the, that the word says that it's going to go, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, um, specifically today, really, we're going to be responding to an event that happened, um, the last week of March, uh, in Nashville and actually at a private Christian school in Nashville. Um, I grew up in Nashville area, in the Nashville area as well. And uh, this was not where I went to school, but um, but really this this story I really related with. So, um, but before we we get into that, um, I, I did want to uh, give a couple of quick quick updates here on what's going on with the Redeeming Identity podcast. So. First, I want to let everyone know that my good friend and brother in Christ, Scott, who helped me to launch this thing, uh, the Redeeming Identity Podcast, uh, and he and he did such a great job, not just helping me launch in terms of being a co-host, but he really helped motivate me. God put him in my life in that men's sexual addiction recovery group that we had talked about on the previous episodes, and... I remember the day that a package showed up at the house and in that package was a podcast recording microphone. And I said, what in the world? And it was all within the time that I had been really praying and telling Megan that I just felt like it was time. And so it was just really, really good to have somebody come alongside that had some experience and uh, to kind of help. And so first, I just want to say to you, Scott, that man, I I love you, bro, and I thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Um, I am just so excited for what God's doing. Um, Scott is actually going to be moving into a new season um, in his life where he's got a kind of focus on a couple things that God's put on his heart that's really exciting, actually, uh, ministry that would love one day to have him talk about, um, where uh, it's called the Iron Bible, and uh, it's a specifically geared to men to really get men to really dig into the Word of God. So really excited about that. So Scott, I love you. I can't wait to see what God does in and through you, through your family. Uh, in your family, in your ministry, and uh, in your life in the years to come. So uh, with Scott stepping out, you may ask, 
who is going to be your co-host? Um, and if I didn't say it at the beginning, this is Aaron. I should have said that at the very start. Uh, well, uh, if this is your first time listening to this episode, to this podcast, then you won't know this person. But if you've listened to all the other ones, you will know her very, very well by now. And so I'm very excited to tell you that my new co-host officially is no other than my beautiful, wonderful, amazing wife, Megan. And she is so excited and nervous. I am. I'm excited. And really, and I tell you this, and other people know it, but there's a lot of people that really do. Uh, One of uh, my best friends says it all the time, and my brother, how grateful uh, that they are that Megan came into my life. (laughs) (laughs) But she really is the best thing that's ever happened besides Jesus in my life. And so. Yes. Excited, babe. Oh, going to be an interesting journey. We'll see. So kind of with all that and, and some of the reasons why is one, she's, she makes everything better for me. And, um, if it was just me talking, you guys would probably get really bored by my monotone, as my sister would call it, voice modulation, throwback to Saturday Night Live with back when Will Ferrell, and I just don't know how to change the inflection of my voice. Yes. So I'm either really loud randomly and for no good reason, and or I can just be talking like this and very monotone and, and everybody. And no one can understand you, and I have to ask you to speak up. Exactly. So it's so it, it goes different ways. So that's why I'll say you chase rabbit tails. I do. <laughs> well, I love rabbits, so. <laughs> Nice. Never. You've never told me that before. I know. So, yeah, um, you know, and as we talk into really what the title of our podcast is, Redeeming Identity, and it's just amazing to think back that four, five, six years ago that God put this idea in my heart, my spirit, really because of my story and then to see where we are in the world today and the number one topic dealing with identity, gender, and sexual, um, it's not a coincidence that God put that on my heart. And so um, we just thought it would be a really good thing because I can speak to men, I can speak to uh, young men about their identity as a man of God, as a, you know, masculine side, but I can't really speak to to a woman, and yes. so my wife is here because she's really good at that. <laughs> uh, she's uh, loved by many of the the girls, women at her church, that really look up to her, and uh, she gets to pour into them. So, um, so yeah, really looking forward to this. And um, once again, if you have not had a chance to listen to our story that we shared over episodes one through seven, we do want to encourage you to go back and listen. Um, Megan and I got a chance to therapeutically and cathartically, uh, talk through our journeys. Uh, it was basically you guys getting to sit through, uh, us talking together, almost like a therapy session. (laughs) Yeah, it really felt like that. So, um, it really, um, it's really our testimony and it really shares the testing that we've been through and the story that we get to tell now, uh, because of that. So, 
Um, so kind of getting into it here with, with what's been going on. So um, I'm going to pull up this news story. So from Ben Johnson, who wrote this on March 27th. Um, a woman who identifies as a transgender man murdered six people inside a Christian school in Nashville Monday before police killed her. An assault that a U.S. congressman attributed to potentially some sort of demonic possession. The United States needs revival, he said, before such targeted shootings become a heartbreaking new normal. Around 10.13 a.m., a 28-year-old named Audrey Hale, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, shot, opened a side door, and opened the open fire inside Covenant School, a ministry at Covenant Presbyterian Church, which educa educates children from preschool through the sixth grade. Hale killed six people, three students and three employees, before two members of the Nashville police um, responded to stop her 14 minutes later at 10.27 a.m. That's a long time. Hale had a detailed attack plan, complete with maps of the school and a written explanation, law enforcement officials revealed. We have a manifesto, Metro Police <coughs> De uh, Department Chief John Jake John Drake told reporters at the Monday afternoon press conference, we have some writings that we're going over that pertain to this day. Hale once attended the Christian school in the affluent Green Hills neighborhood and lived uh, and still lived in Nashville. The officer stated, um, sources said Hale initially intended to target a different location, but settled on the school due to its weaker security standards. Drake announced that Hale claimed the lives of students Evelyn Dykehouse, William Kinney, and Haley Scruggs, who were all nine years old, as well as the head of the school, Catherine Kuntz, 60 years old, substitute teacher Cynthia Peake, 61, and custodian Mike Hill, 61. Um, and this really sums up uh, in our prayer even for today. Obviously, it's a mental health issue. And it's just a complete and total tragedy. Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee told Ramley Family Research Council President Tony Perkins, this country needs revival, Tony Burchett told Perkins. All the laws and all the politicians pontificating back and forth are not going to solve it. Until we have a revival in this country, I'm afraid that this is going to be more the norm than the exception. Um, so if that's your, uh, first time hearing that, and, um, I know when we saw it, there was a lot of emotions. I know for me, this, this one hit me harder than any, yeah. what we've seen yet. Um, you know, you've got children, which is just horrific, unimaginable. Yes. Um, and then just seeing all of these things that so coincide to where I grew up. I know Green Hill, I know Green Hills very well. I grew up in a very affluent area of Nashville as well. And, you know, so I've been there. I've, you know, went to a private Christian school and I've dealt with mental health issues. Um, and so, you know, going back and listening, you know that I was the most made fun of person in, in my my class. So there's just like all these things that we don't really know her story. Um, 
this Audrey Hill, but you know, she had some deep issues, obviously. And, and so, um, the first thing to say straight off is there is no ever no excuse and no justification for, for one sin in response to another or one evil in response to anything else. There's never any justification. Um, and, uh, and so just wanted to start with that and, and, you know, and just kind of getting into my story and, you know, I know that you, Bay, we talked about you, you went through some made fun of type yeah. stuff as well. And, and I think we all, if, if everyone listening were to be honest, we've probably all been made fun of and picked on. Yeah. And I think that's what, why, why you felt so led to even, even just, um, touch on this because I know we there's been so many that have touched um, mm-hmm. people that we listen to through social media pastors leaders other podcasters and things but I think just to hear your heart because um this this hit and and I've even heard this through other mm-hmm. commentators and even other believers this hit differently mm-hmm. um and for you, I felt like it it was different in the sense that I remember when it first happened, you were like we we talked through it and you said that easily could be me. Yeah. That that could have been me. Um all the signs of the struggles that you went through, um, even the mental health mm. journey. Um, had, had it been, had not, had it not been for God, had it not been for that firm foundation and your choice really is choice. Could, could this have been you? And I think, you know, that also resonated, um, because, you know, we, what's that saying? We're all once, we are literally always one choice or one step from stupid, (laughs) like, Um, it is a choice. Yes. Um, and so you, in, in my thought process, like I have been, I have grieved <clears throat> with these parents. I'm not mm. even a parent, mm. but I can't even imagine, um, what mm. they are walking through. But then I also, my heart was even turned towards her yeah. because of the, um, just the how deceived and how lost yes. because this was a lost soul. Um, and she's also, she's gone, um, as well. Mm. And, um, so it's just, it was a lot of, a lot of emotion, mm. which is what led us to even want to talk through that. Yeah. Because I think if we're all, if we all search our hearts, you know, many of us may not can relate to her story, but also can also see where, hey, you know, had it has had it not been for God or had it been I chose a different road or I believed a, a lie or gave in to this, I I could be right there with her or my life could have been a series of other yeah. bad choices, if that makes sense. Yes. So, you know, I think that that really is what you know, led us to want to talk about it. And yeah. even for you just to open your heart and say, you know, 
what even the Lord has been showing you or yeah. or speaking to you through this. Yes. Um, and I think even for us as believers, um, what is God? What is God? Because nothing is by by circumstance, and we serve a sovereign God, and this did not take him by surprise. Mm. So. I think the biggest question is what's our response yeah. as a church, as believers, as as Christians? Um, yeah. What is our response? And, and also for anybody who's not a believer, yeah. you know, we hope to offer you hope. Hope to offer hope. Yes. Um, we really do um, want to show you that that there is uh, there is a savior that can rescue you from whatever dark place. Yes. Um, even as dark as, as this seems right now. Um, so one thing that, that really uh, I've written down that's really bothered me, and, and this is just a little side, sidebar thing, because that could be on a soapbox for a long time, um, but... I have really that sin is not a joking matter, uh, any sin. And, you know, my wife does say, and rightly so, that I get too serious sometimes. But there's just certain things I don't, I I will not joke about. Um, You know, I've, with the struggles that I've had, and I've even had told people this when they would, Make, when they would say things and make fun of people, I said, man, you know, you making jokes. I've been, I've been among groups of men, even in the church, um, making jokes about other guys and, and uh, having attraction to other men or other guys doing something and be like, you're gay, that's gay, how gay, you know? And, and yeah, in the moment that can be funny, but, you know, I just look at what Paul said in uh, Ephesians about uh, there should be not, not just there should not be a hint of sexual morality. It says also there shouldn't be coarse joking. And, and, you know, so it's really always bothered me because one, those were some of the jokes that I felt, but also kind of once I got onto this side of everything, I just see, I go, man, like, I don't think God's up there laughing and going, ha ha, gay, ha ha, that's funny. No, like, this is something that uh, many times the Lord has put in my heart. It's like, that didn't come from God. Gay, homosexuality was not in, even in the mind of God. Um, and so I just, that's that's one little sidebar thing just to speak into, um, and you guys know from my story. Um, so, Tying that in with this story, was she made fun of? What happened? Did she like? Did I don't know. You know, girls could maybe make fun of yeah. other girls for oh, doing yeah. things. I mean, as a, I mean, as a woman, you know, you can go through all the emotions of tons of insecurities mm-hmm. within, you know, your body image. You know, you're constantly looking at magazines and Hollywood and to you know, of all these pictures of what a perfect body will should look like or, you know, or how women should act, you know, or, or dress. And I mean, there's so much pressure 
to fit in, look a certain way. And that's, you know, nothing's new under the sun. Mm -hmm. That's been the struggle for, for years for women, men in different, different areas. Um, but I do, I wonder, I do wonder, um, what she was walking through, you know, was she made fun of, did she not fit in? Did she not, um, you know, maybe she wasn't pursued by a a man or, um, never felt loved or, I mean, there's so many things that it could be. Um, and, uh, you know, had she been hurt by a man, had there been abuse, have there been not, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. And I'm not trying to put stories out there by no means. I'm just saying you, you wonder what, what led to the, to the, basically the, to the response mm-hmm. of this magnitude, um, you know, and I feel for her parents mm. as a parent to not to to know that's your daughter, um, to know that they possibly were struggling, may not and, and may not even had had any clue. I'm not quite sure. Um, so you just there's a lot of questions, a lot of mm. questions of what she was actually, and probably a lot of this may not ever be answered. No. Um. So that's another thing I believe people wrestle with. Yeah. And it's it's hard to find the peace to know in the in the midst of it. Mm. This uncertainty. Yeah. You know, something that you said there also, you know, just brought up in my mind. You know, we have these uh, part of the thing that as as throughout the years that I've um as, as I've kind of brainstormed and, and Ask the Lord for inspiration with Redeeming Identity podcast and what's going on. I've just looked back at, you know, the the devil, his name is the father of lies. And that's all he's ever spoken. And he uses, uh, this is a big uh, word, buzzword in today, but propaganda Un, unbeknownst even to what's going on and, and whether it's internal dialogue or, or from, from just things like I remember um, these thoughts like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, right? That was a show and, and it goes, you know, men with a fashion sense must be gay or, or it, because men that aren't gay don't have a fashion sense because to be a ma- masculine and manly, you know, it's kind of, we've talked, I've touched on it back with Scott once. I remember seeing some episode, uh, some commercial about becoming a man. And it was a dad, a dad giving his son, his first playboy magazine, uh, and you know, him getting a cigar and having some bourbon. And I'm like, really? That's a man, you know, like, you know, and we, we live in the, in this, thing it's like that's not biblical manhood or masculinity that's not what god spoke and and the same thing for for women like you see a softball player and uh and there's just like people have this assumption like if she's a softball player she might be a little bit you know bigger body or or a basketball player female like oh she's probably a lesbian and i'm like what where you know, and, and, and I go, okay, that that didn't just come up out of thin air. That came from the father of lies way back. Yeah. 
spinning stuff way back. It's where we as a culture have, we have categorized what, like we, and and children do this. Mm -hmm. That's why, um, you know, when they are developed, brains are developing, uh, especially the toddler age until like two, three years old, they start categorizing. They, they recognize daddy, mommy, Mm -hmm. You know, sister, brother, they they recognize, they put things in groups, they understand. And so um, they understand mommy has a baby, you know, mm-hmm. those things, and which is so, which makes sense why there's such a push to indoctrinate our children oh, wow. at a young age where they don't, they don't think to question. Critical thinking. Question to where they just think it's normal. Yeah. Um, so... You know, but it's where we as a society has role played and we have categorized what classifies as female, what classifies as male and the two can't, it can't intermingle and, and it goes back to what you said. And as a, as a woman, um, you know, to to be someone who is say in the field of um an engineer or you know may be a builder and an architect or um a foreman you know and then we think that's odd well you know and so um anyway but that also it's where we have to break the mold and um because i remember And I guess I can share this story, but I remember, and I've told you this before, but um, when I worked in childcare mm-hmm. and I was around children yeah. and they love to dress up. They love to, they love getting dress up clothes out. They love getting what we call like home living and, <laughs> and just acting out home, acting out, being a mommy, being a daddy um, or whatever else costumes that we had, you know, and um, as I was teaching years ago, having a little boy that wanted to play with the baby dolls. And, you know, I never, I had a former coworker that when he was trying to play with the dolls and hold the baby and rock the baby, um, basically chastised him mm-hmm. and just said, put that doll down. Mm-hmm. Men don't do that. Men don't play with dolls. Yeah. And I was very much, no, no, he he can play with a doll. He needs to know how to be a good father one That's day. Right. Now, I did not affirm ever putting a dress on, mm-hmm. putting heels on, and, and and walking around saying, I'm a mommy. Yeah. No, I affirmed him and said, mm-hmm. oh, you're being such a good daddy. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that what a daddy does? Yeah. He holds and takes care of his baby. You know, and I yes. affirm him as a male and as a as a strong man yeah same if is if he was cooking we have great you know chefs and people that are in that field so i think it's where we we as um a culture have done a disservice to our children to people and i and i can and i can say that i was a a privy to that even growing up yeah um would hear comments of well she's just a tom tomboy yeah you know and not and just embracing that that's a part of being a a woman as well there's no difference if that makes sense so um i think it's where we have to be 
be mindful. But again, that's where the enemy comes mm. in and he lies. And um, where we've, we have let culture yes. shape the roles yeah. where instead of what the word of God says. Yeah. Yep. So. We've, and, and it really comes down to the title of today's episode and we'll, we'll share the lyrics of this song here in a few minutes. Um, but one of the lines of the song we're going to share, it says, I won't be formed by feelings, but I will hold fast to what is true. And uh, so we'll, you know, speaking of formed by feelings. So all of our thought processes and brains and all of this has been formed over years and years of messages and things happening. And, and you know, that sometimes that stuff takes years to unpack mm-hmm. in therapy. Sometimes God can miraculously, you know, just snap, boom, and, and do stuff. But, you know, th- there's so much... And on on future episodes and kind of where we're going, even on the Redeeming Identity podcast is going to be walking through how do you go from a place of complete confusion, stolen, I don't know who I am, maybe struggling with gender or sexual confusion. How do I go from that point to redeemed, knowing who I am? walking in the truth of who God says I am. And and so that's really where we're steering this because, man, I, I don't know, like we said, I don't know the details about her life, Audrey Hill. I don't know all the things that happened, but it appears on the surface that she was completely formed by feelings, culture. What happened to her? what was said to her, what she read online, and then what she believed from the enemy. All of those things built to this one moment. Yes. And um, and I love one of the other things you said, which is that you didn't affirm things about, oh, it's okay, hold a baby. Like, like but you spoke, you're going to need to be a daddy. You're going to be a good father. And... I think we speak so much about affirming care being wrong, which it is really wrong in terms of therapy, affirming care. For what the world would call gender affirming care. says gender affirming care. We need biblical to, to affirm children, boys, and, and have to, to have fathers uh, call up their young, young boys and, and say, you are a strong man. You are to say you are masculine in to whether that boy is into playing football or he's into theater, man, you are a strong, manly, masculine actor mm-hmm. is the same strength. And the same thing for a, a woman, for the mom, for the mom and, and the dad too, both of them to say, Oh, you're such a beautiful, delicate woman. You're, mm-hmm. you know, and to speak those God things about a godly feminine woman mm-hmm. you know i think yeah. that there's some importance so we're that's where we're headed as the yeah. journey um you know and and so i'm really excited about getting to that um i just really 
to 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 kind of steer today's episode into really where we want to kind of hone in on for a few minutes is to really look at uh, kind of some of the realities we're facing and now um, to encourage us as a, as not just uh, maybe those that that are dealing with identity things ourselves, but just the church in general, believers in this dark time. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to share real quick about a dream. Uh, God, God sometimes has spoken to me through dreams. Um, and I'll wake up and I'll know it immediately. So in this dream, um, at the end of April of last year, I was standing at the wall of a city and there was this one levee road, kind of bridge road in one way in, one way out and could see all the way down it. So I walk up into the, into the middle of this road, kind of as a, uh, I am, I am the only thing that is keeping anything from coming in, uh, to this city. Um, and I look down, look down and I see a, or look forward down this road and I see a red convertible coming down. And in this convertible, there was just a, there was just an evil, sinister, just a celebratory, uh, flagrant group. I, I don't know. I just, all I can explain is that I knew it was, the evil of just perversion of all gender confusion and just the lies of, of sexual immorality period. And, and specifically when it comes to anything dealing with homosexuality, transgenderism. And I just knew that it wasn't, it just knew it was this evil thing. And as it was coming towards this city and coming down this road, I put my, my hands out and Boom, when the car hit my hand, I woke up from the dream. I knew immediately it was from the Lord. And I, I just, you know, started praying. Um, my heart was kind of racing when I woke up because it was so real. Um, and uh, so the next week, I was at a National National Day of Prayer event out at the, uh, the Capitol Steps uh, here in Montgomery, Alabama, looking down Dexter Avenue. And I just felt like the Lord said... This is that gate. Um, and, and so rewind that all the way back to a, a, a vision, a picture that God gave me when I first started redeeming identity thoughts about it and was just brainstorming, praying, and I saw myself walking, kind of wading out into an ocean and these waves just coming and just hitting me and me trying to just walk against the waves. And so I drew a picture of it. And I, in the, the first picture I drew, it was just me trying to push against these waves all by myself. And I just, and it felt even in that, it felt so overwhelming in that picture of this tsunami wave coming towards me and the Lord kind of um, <laughs> corrected that and and showed me that it, and, and what's funny is that in that picture I was holding my hands out in front of me the same way I did it in this dream that I had last year and um, but in the correction that the Lord gave me he said no 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 
You're not by yourself. I'm holding you and I'm the one pushing back. Um, but all of this vision that God showed me was about the tide, this tidal wave that is just coming at us from the enemy about the, the attack on, on God's design for humanity, you know, not just marriage, but everything. And, and really the reason he attacks marriage and this, this, it is how God repopulate, it's how we repopulate, but it is also the picture of Christ in the church. It is, it is everything. And so, um, so right now it's obvious we, there is a tidal wave. It is a storm. It is, it is crazy. The things we're seeing now, you could have told me 10 years ago and I would have told you there's no way. And, and just the normalization and these things we're seeing and I, I feel it. I, I know that I'm not alone in this. I feel it so deeply. I f- it's like I feel the pull almost like a tide when you're out in the ocean. And I know that other believers are feeling it. We're, we are seeing pastors cower to the enemy and just, and just give in. And, and people, Christian counselors and therapists that are doing, quote unquote, gender affirming care and, and going along with it because the tide that just pulls them in. And they, they don't stand. And, and so we wanted to kind of just really talk about God's call to us as the church and as followers of Christ are, um, you know, they, it's if you look over the last 10 years, I don't see many sermons about withstanding persecution. Yes, right. I don't see many things about to follow Christ, we must suffer. There's something that is beautiful in the midst of this darkness that's happening. And there's a, um, there is a beautiful end to this story. And this is not it. And so, um, so to kind of kick, kick off this portion, I want to read these lyrics of one of my favorite songs, Christ Be Magnified by Cody Carnes. And uh, it's, it is one of my anthems for life right now. And so the first bridge, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. No, I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. I think that's what we are in this, this, this battle of right now as believers, um, as the church. Because even even me, I mean, I've just being honest, like we've and I've talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of have it comfortable here, 
um, versus a lot. We, you know, and I think we, we miss that. Um, we don't realize how good of a country we have, um, mm. how good we have it and how comfortable we Amen. have been in our churches. Um, and I, and I can, and I'm saying that cause I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> um, and you know, my, uh, there as, well, I would still say we're newlyweds. I mean, we've only mm-hmm. been married. We just celebrated our three year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are in a season of believing for children, um, and praying through that season. And there is this human, which again, I'm been, I'm, I am human and, and I have the, all the emotions and feelings as well. Um, and I, and I have caught myself just mm. in this state of, it's been so in, in, I'm very tempting to just, you know, kind of cower down in the mm. sense of, you know what, I don't know if I want to have a kid mm. and raise a child in this generation. Almost like I just want to pause my life and just, I know <laughs> that God's coming. Jesus yeah. is coming. We know what the word says. We know if we read Revelations that all these things are taking place. But it's almost like we look at it like, is this really happening? Is this really happening? Mm. But we know what the word says. Yeah. And, you know, caught myself being even tempted to just, just step back and yeah. just hang on till God calls me. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I, I'm, but does that make sense? Yeah. So where I'm just, where I'm stepping back mm. instead of realizing, no, like God has called mm. me to, to live in these last days. He could have chose any time for, for any season of my life to be or era of, you know, to, to have lived, but he chose us for this time, mm-hmm. for this, this purpose, for this time in history. And even for the church, I think, you know, as believers, we are in this teetering of what is our response going to be? Because, mm-hmm. um, sadly, I feel like we are seeing, um, churches and even people that have a platform like mega platform to have a voice, but the church is silent. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, okay, why is the church being silent about these issues? Um, And in the last days, you know, it's almost like we we are having to make that choice of how are we going to stand? What is that going to look like? Um, And even for me, in those conversations we've had, I've had to search my heart and say, mm. okay, Lord, what is my role? What is my place here? Because number one, it's not getting any better. And two, I'm not going to live in fear because I also know what the end's going to be. Yeah. But I also want to be obedient each day to what God has yeah. for us, for our marriage, for our, for ministry, for my, for my, our family. And I can't be formed by those feelings. Like you said, and that's, then that those formed by those feelings of the, when the hardships, the trials, because persecution looks different and, you know, it doesn't always look the same. Let's just say that sometimes persecution, we're, we're thinking we may look at a certain way that it's supposed to look, but I don't, believe it always looks the same yeah um but we are as believers as churches being we are being tested yeah 
So how are we, like what, at the end, at the end of the day, it's our choice. Like what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? How am I going to respond? Do I just sit back? Do I silence the truth that I know is, like, I have the truth? Mm. So I think there's just a lot of questions that believers yeah. are having right now. And like how... Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like to stand mm. firm? How do how do I stand firm? Yeah. In my family or on my job or in our churches. Even, you know, I I can I can't imagine ministers and pastors right now being hit with, you mm. know, like what will happen yeah. if I stand. Yeah. You know, um so mm. there's just I mean, a lot of those yeah. a lot of the questioning going on and we don't have all the answers. I no. think we're just we have the same ones. Yeah. <laughs> we have the same questions. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's good to time to talk those things out. But, um, you know, I think that's where our hearts has been through what happened in Tennessee is I literally was like, it was almost like, oh, it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. And, and it's not, we're going to, and I'm, I'm, it's sad to say, but it's, I don't believe it will be the last. I don't either. It's almost like the tip is, it's, it's literally, the it's the beginning. And, you know, I remember in January, um, I think it was, I think it was right after all the craziness that happened at the U.S. Capitol and like you and I were driving and just talking about all of it. And I, and I remember telling you, babe, persecution's coming and you going like, no, like, you know. Which is a huge, I mean, like, come on. I mean. I know, I know. It, don't, I mean, that's an honest yeah, response. It is. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's an honest, who wants persecution? No, Nobody, no, nobody's looking nobody wakes this. up every day and goes, all right, I'm so glad to get persecuted today. We're actually today. called to pray for the persecution. <laughs> but. So I thought my spot was very valid. You were very valid. <laughs> And, and it's like sometimes I'm just in my seriousness I just get too real about things and I'm just you know that's where I have to be careful but even as an encouragement to us today um, and it's from Matthew chapter 10 um, we think sometimes this picture of and it, and it and there are such joys in our walk with Christ there is such freedom there is peace um but kind of growing up in the South and when everybody goes to church and, and like we got our Sunday normal thing, got our routines and and like, but the honest truth is like for for hundreds and, and the path, you know, since the beginning of the church, when when Jesus ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit, like Christians have had it really bad and have yes. had to hide and. And I mean, think of the Christians in Rome who were. Uh, still, there's still people that there's underground churches. Yeah. People can't even own actually and own a Bible. Mm. They get caught. I mean, there's they and we don't we don't. It's so hard for us to grasp that because it's not something we've yet had to yeah. face. Um, and again, we don't know what persecution will look like. We don't know what's to come. Um, but. We're already seeing it even with what's happened with Tennessee because all the media is doing and focusing on is not what we know or what from what we know of the situation of what's been released. 
this seems to be a targeted attack on believers, Christians. on Christians. And yet media and the news sites, even politically, it does not fit the narrative. Mm-hmm. And so they are blaming us. Well, it is because <laughs> you made your stand. Because mm. almost justifying the fact that innocent life was mm. taken. Mm. Um, mm. And so as a, as a believer and as a Christian... I'm literally already, we're already seeing the beginning, almost like the birthing pains of the finger already being pointed to the church. This is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is on you Mm -hmm. because you are not affirming. You are not, you know, and all the things again, that the enemy is lying to our culture and to our young people in this generation. And, and again, um, it's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's where we're, yeah. while we're sharing our heart is that we, I have had to go, oh, yeah, it's like, it's coming. They're pointing the finger at me. Yeah. They hate me. Yeah. They want, they, they would sooner have me yeah. die. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, it's made me look inward mm. and say, Okay, God. What was my response? Yeah, what is our response going to be? Are we going to stand? Yeah, are we going to stand for our homes? Um, you know, there was talk, and correct me if I'm wrong. There was talk that this this woman's family did not affirm her choices, Mm. and so I commend them. Yeah, because I know that is. Heavy on a yeah. lot of of parents right now mm. and family members of do I in the name of love and <laughs> acceptance <laughs> do I affirm them yeah in their struggle mm. and mm. you know it goes back to what we've talked about in our home we've yet to really walk through this I pray we don't ever have to walk yeah. through this but. Who knows what life holds yeah. in our family and people that we know that are close to us if we will be tested in this. But at the same time, would I affirm you or as my husband, oh, well, you know, you're just an adulteress, adulterer, yeah. you know. It's fine. Go it's fine. Around. Just go sleep around. I mean, yeah. you can't help your urge. You're just a cocaine You can't help. Just go, you know, and so I would say if we look at it that yeah. way, we've got to look at it as sin is sin. Yes. And, and... What the word so, said is not just in this area, but it goes back to everything. Would I affirm that in someone else? Yeah. And that's where I, I encourage yeah. you to, you know, and I don't know who's listening with your story, but you may have a loved one or someone that is struggling and you are wondering how, like, do I affirm this? Mm-hmm. And because you're hearing the lies of social media and you're hearing the lies of, well, they're, they're going to, you know, they could be the next Audrey Hill because yeah. you didn't affirm them mm. or you they could end their life. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm not in that situation. Yeah. I can't imagine. And I, and I have such empathy yes. for your situation if that is you. All I can say is from 
if if I make if I if I believe the word yeah. and I stand on its truth yeah. and I'm not formed by my feelings, mm. I have to stand firm. Yes. In love, stand firm in what the Bible says, and I cannot affirm mm. anything that is counter the word of God. Yes. Anything opposite than what the word of God says yeah. about gender, about addictions, about any type, any mm. sin. Um, and that is honestly, uh, that is where the church is because I honestly have seen it. I've right now the church is in some, I wouldn't say all, but I think we are seeing it where the church is starting to look a lot like the world. Yeah. And it's because believers, people in the church, so-called nice. Christians or even ministers mm-hmm. have not made the stand. Yeah. Um, so that was a little flip box, but no, it, and, it, and it, it just, goes really it show, it's just, it's where, you know, yeah. I've had to, I've, I personally have struggled yeah. to say, okay, what does, what does that look like? Yeah. What is that going to look like for yeah. us? It goes really nicely into where I really feel led to go, but it's like, also, I don't know somebody that doesn't, you know, every one of us want to be liked like we don't i don't walk around going man i hate people hate i mean i wish people would hate me today like i want people to hate me yes. you know i don't think that's the norm you know you might know some people that really <laughs> could care less um, you know but, but but just man and especially in our our social media world of of people how many likes do i get <laughs> can i be canceled can you know and um, and like Megan was saying, the uh, cannot imagine being a parent or a brother. Um, and the the lies, and and then how, um, you know, I've heard of pastors just caving in, and, and completely disregarding or saying, well, that's not what the Bible means. Um, even even so much so that. It, it seems like there's some some pastors that think that they can be like they can actually outlove God that they're that that God kind of didn't quite put everything in the Bible or he just put it out there just kind of as an assumption or uh, just for us to yeah some good ideas and and but I let's you know we as the church we need to be nice. And, and kind and Jesus Jesus was just all about love and love and love uh, and and you know the the phrase that we hear people love is love and love thy neighbor and just love thy neighbor and and uh, I heard somebody say man the ultimate form of love is to show someone the way to be saved and the way to find not life here, but to find eternal life and and to help them to understand that we are all, every single one of us, we are all guilty and none of us deserve one second of heaven. We all deserve hell. And, and that is going to be one of the things that we focus on in the coming weeks, um, coming coming episodes, is this, this idea that is not actually biblical that that 
that we as people are, you know, we're somehow innately good. It's that's that is actually far from biblical. We are innately corrupt, evil, sinful, you know, wretched. And um, and so, you know, in that, I love one of the things that Jesus said uh, in in the same passage in Matthew, kind of tying back in with with all that is like, is the church sometimes and as believers, it's like, man, you know, it's like, I just want people to like me. I want, and we think, oh, I want peace. I want peace. Didn't Jesus come to bring peace? Weren't we supposed to have peace? Um, and it, this is, this is right after he's saying, talking about if you're going to, you know, take up your cross, anyone who's willing to lose their life for me will find it. Well, and then he says, do not suppose, this is from Matthew, the 10th chapter, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. <laughs> I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn, quote, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. My gosh. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. <laughs> wow. Like just right there, I've heard stories of people in Islamic countries where um, it's illegal to become a Christian and where a member of the family will give their life to Christ. And in that moment that they give their life to Christ, they do it knowing that they will be completely separated, really cut, off from, cut off from their family. And the family in turn, I mean, there's times where families have, have killed their own children. Their lives. Like the, the, the parents have killed a child because they became a Christian. And, um, you know, and so when, when you choose to follow Christ, it's it's historically going to bring division, you know, and and so in the same way, the encouragement is to stand firm. Um, you may feel like that feel ha huh, feelings. You may feel like the right response is to just affirm and affirm, to go with your child or your brother or somebody's pronouns, or or just to yeah, let's do the. Uh, let's let's go ahead and medically transition. Um, but that is not loving them. And in fact, you are pushing them probably more down the road away from God than you are giving them any shot. Um, I've heard multiple stories of, of people whose parents affirmed them and it made it so much worse. And they went ahead, they had things chopped off, just because they listen to these counsel, these therapists, and now here we are, yeah. and it's the and we, parent, yeah. and we know, and we, and we know that pressure. You you experience that yeah. pressure in the most and, vulnerable state that you were, yeah. mentally, physically, um, away from me, away from your support system. We we felt that, you yeah. know, and that's why I say, had it not been for the Lord, firm foundation, um your family, people in your life to support you, 
you could have easily been swayed into that narrative, into that, the lies of the enemy. Um, And uh, so to, to have that um, even be pushed. Yeah. You were pushed, you know, and, and we felt that and we, we had to take a stand and, and even in the most vulnerable state that you had, you still had it. God still gave you enough, enough knowledge of him and his word and the foundation where you were like, no, that's not even, even through the struggle, um, still knew you knew who you were. Mm -hmm. You knew the truth. Um, you knew. And Mm so, so man. And you, so we go, wow. Okay. Where, where do we go from here? You know, uh, real, real quick on that is that I've recently heard a testimony. I know from my own story that, um, the, there's some amazing stories now that I'm hearing of people who are following Christ faithfully, that he has redeemed from a lifestyle of sin that walked in a uh, same-sex relationship or that were walking those ways, but now are faithfully following Christ. And what the thing that they cite as being one of the most important things that brought them is that their parents were unwavering in standing firm and not going along with them. And it was when they came back and they said, Wow, they didn't waver. And, and, it, and it, it's something in that. And I know that for me, like people might, might have called my dad a, a bigot or something because he, he said, if you go this way, I cannot affirm it. I cannot accept it. I'll always love you, but I will not. And I thank God for that. Because that is a man who loves his son, who is standing up against the powers of darkness in the most, in in that face, I thank God for a strong man of God in my father. And I know that that it's hard, but that is the way. and, and that's the way forward. And, and, and I know that it's hard. And so what does Jesus say? So I said the two truths. One, persecution's coming. Great. Thank you for that. <laughs> it is. Uh, but there's hope. So I want to leave us with the hope of the second truth is that Christ Jesus promises to be with us if and when we suffer for following him. You know, we... I, I do hear the verse a lot from John, uh, I think John 14, 14, or, um, where uh, it says, in this world you will have trouble, take heart, heart. I've overcome the world. And a lot of times it's like, okay, yeah, thank, you know, it's like that, that preaches well, that feels really good on, you know, when we're going through stuff that is hard. We're going through things that are hard, just like people, we lose a loved one, we we are dealing with a job loss. We're doing whatever. And so we're sickness. we're sickness. Okay. In this, thank you, Jesus. You have overcome the world. But man, when you also apply it here, I think it takes on even a deeper meaning to me. And, and so 
the first scripture to close out on is from first Peter four verses one through seven. And I just, I read this the other day and I went, man, this, I, I, this feels like now. Um, so starting at verse one, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lavish idol or lawless idolatry. With respect to this, <laughs> does this not sound like it was written? Um, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood, think about the word, the, the water coming, the, water coming. The, the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh, the way people are, <coughs> flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end right here, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Um, and, and so another news story that has happened since then that kind of even just picks up there, like there's a, uh, there are people that are literally being physically assaulted. Uh, uh, Benjamin Gill from CBN News uh, wrote an article about uh, a militant trans mob assaulting female athlete Riley Gaines as she speaks up for women's rights. And you, you know, it, it is um, this, this girl that competed against Will Thomas. I refuse to call him by, his, by his chosen name. Um, but competed against Will Thomas and uh, and lost in the championship, the NCAA women's, and saying, this is not fair. She's standing up and saying, I competed my whole life. I trained my whole life. I'm an NCAA Division I swimmer, and this was for the championship, and I lost it to a man that that chose to identify as a woman and so she's out speaking about this and a mob of people come and physically physically assault her, chase her down a hallway, trap her in a classroom in this college while the police do nothing and let it just happen. And, and, um, and then the, uh, the people are still outside plotting about uh, we should make her pay us then. We should, you know, like ransom, kidnapping. And and so um, this is happening. And, and these types of things are not just confined to California or New York or Oregon or Seattle. It's like like Nashville or, you know, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. And, and, it's, and it's not just all about trans. It, it's anything. Well, this is where we're understand like who's the real enemy here yes who are we fighting who are we really fighting and and we're not we're we're not fighting flesh and blood no we're fighting principalities yes 
our founding rulers and the dark forces, the evils. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is light and this is darkness. Uh-huh. And at the same time, those the the aggression and the anger is is really Demonic. the evil. It's the e- it's it is what is overtaking yeah, it them. Is this. It's what happens when you do agree and form your thoughts and feelings, and you mm-hmm. go with your feelings and and what is is good to you, yeah, in your mind, yeah. And when I'm left to what's good, what's in my mind and how I feel, I'm in I'm messed up. Oh. Like, so and to to I, know that that's that is yeah. the that is the mindset that it's it is darkness yeah. and it is light and and so all that to to really encourage us in going back to this picture of uh, that God gave me of this flood coming back and and hitting us and you know um, and the the title of today is that we just want to encourage. You know, I, I see people, it's funny, we just had this trans day of visibility as if they're not already being celebrated, like as, as if there's not already a celebration and they're, fully magnifying. Plenty visible. Like, so it's being fully magnified, fully magnified. Going, going to the fact of what is God calling us to do and what does it mean to even really follow Jesus? Yes. Because in the early church, the term Christian didn't even it wasn't even a term that that followers of Christ came up with because people knew to follow Jesus would mean suffering here and that they would be going against to follow Jesus in anything i have to acknowledge that i've been following this thing and man my thoughts my ways are wrong and so I have to choose to literally go 180 from the way that I want to. And I have to go, mm, man, you're right. I'm wrong. And, and, and I love what Paul says, that we have literally have to die to ourselves. To follow Christ is to die to ourselves. It is to go, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm turning around. I'm, I sinned. Mm-hmm. And not not just a one-time Hail Mary prayer in a service, but a lifetime. And 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 now, you know, I think the call is to magnify Christ, to hold fast. Uh, the term hold fast, I get I got this from uh, holdfastgloves.com. So uh, I'm not an endorsement for this company, but they have this on their website about what hold fast means. Um, so the, it's, it's a verb uh, to bear down, stay the course, uh, or to continue to believe in or adhere to an idea or a principle. Um, uh, quote, when times get tough, one needs to hold fast and ride it out. Synonyms. To stay strong, to do what is right, see it through, no surrender, stay true, continue to believe, this too shall pass, grit it out. So hold fast is a nautical term, sailing term, which has its origins from the Dutch word 
held vast, which translates to hold tight in regards to holding securely to ships, ropes, and rigging. Throughout history, sailors have tattooed these eight letters onto their knuckles to remind them that they can get through any storm as long as they hold fast both physically and mentally. Wow. You know, I love that picture because it is the encouragement. It is the standard of what it is meant to follow Christ through the ages. It's not to give in to our feelings. And and even in the following weeks, even in talking about redeeming identity, this is going to be the hardest thing that you ever do. If you are struggling with the lies of homosexuality, this is going to be the hardest thing that you ever do. But it will be worth it. It will be worth it for you to deny every urge to believe this lie or to act on it and to submit yourself to Christ, to what God has. And will will, will we fail at times? Absolutely. And I look forward to the day when there is no sin nature anymore and it is fully gone. Um, but I just wanted to close to encourage all of us from Hebrews 12, you know, the song that, that we used, Christ be magnified. What are we looking at? What are my eyes on? And must be, as I hold fast to what is true, my eyes are there. I need to look and I need to keep my eyes fixed. I've seen one of my favorite old hymns also is turn your eyes upon Jesus. And that's taken from Hebrews 12 in the storm, in the middle of this Christian life. And it's right after Hebrews 11, which is this hall of faith, which a lot of times we like to read the first half, which can be so good with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. And and there's even a portion that talks about how people were healed and all these things that received their, their dead. They People rose from the dead. And then the last part is about all those who suffered persecutions, stoning, all these things. And then it says, Romans, I mean, Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And a lot of times we'll stop right there. Uh, I, I, you know, I've heard so many people quote this scripture and they'll stop there, but man, we need to read on. It says, consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. Uh, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? 
My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, <laughs> that we may share in his holiness. For the moment of for the moment, this moment right now, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so this last verse right here. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And uh, I want to throw this on because we were talking about peace. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so just encourage all of us to set our eyes on Jesus, the one who went through it all, who shed his blood, and in the end, it is going to be worth it. Just like an old song that I used to love by Rita Springer, it's going to be worth it. So we love all of you and, and encourage you to hold fast. Do not be formed by feelings. Hold fast to what is true. Magnify Christ and keep your eyes on him. 